Good day, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nordic Football Podcast. My name is John Verduva, and we are back for another week. I'm always, as always, I'm joined by Steve Wiss. How are you, my friend? Jonathan, how are you doing? I'm uh, I'm really good, thanks, uh, pal. Um, been doing well. Busy time with this midweek round coming up, and um, you know we don't get too many midweek midweek rounds, do we? In Scandinavia, certainly, sometimes in the summer, we, summer we get some. But um, yeah, this is an exciting one, especially as there's a couple of really crunch games in in both the uh, Litaserien and and Alsvenskan. But uh, yeah, I'm doing well. I hope you uh, you're in uh, very good health, my friend. Doing well, thank you. Yeah, good to good to be on a show with you again. We're in a good rhythm at the moment, aren't we? And uh, yeah, had a good interview with our man uh, Anders Torsen last week. We had a bonus episode last week. If you've not heard it. So we brought you two episodes for the price of one. Um, and it was with the Mialbi manager. Of course, we'll talk about Sweden in part two of this week's show. So we will talk about Mialbi and their, their attempt to um, break the record. But uh, what did you think of that interview? Did you enjoy it, Steve? Anders Torstensen? I did, actually. He um, It was an interview that rather shocked me in a way how how efficient he is. Um, you know, he the way he came across, I almost... You know, I feel like he could get me to do things that I don't think even I knew I could do. I felt like, I, you, know, I, yeah, you know what I mean? I feel like he's the sort of guy who could really inspire you to um, to do well for him. And I can see why, you know, he'd done so well. You know, we kind of cursed him, didn't we? The curse of the NFP interview. You know, they go and lose 3-1. Yeah, and no then... spoilers, no spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, we kind of cursed him, but... What a fantastic achievement he's done. I enjoyed it. Um, great guy, you know. I think he um, he tells it how it is as well. Like Any question you asked him, he didn't bullshit, did he? It's like he will answer it properly, truthfully. I like that sort of person. Doesn't play any stupid games. It's down to earth and, and tells it how it is. Yeah, it was really enjoyable. Uh, it was quite random, actually. We... we uh... I think I had the idea on the Monday after our show. You asked me on the show, didn't you? I think your exact words was, "What on earth is going on with Mialbi?" And I thought, you know what? Let's let's see if we can find some find some answers. And uh, I sort of reached out to one or two people. And, and next thing you knew, I mean, if we talked about how we coordinate that interview, it was kind of like I had to get you to coordinate a few things, didn't I? It was so so unexpected, um, swiftly done, very kind of uh, precision timing uh, from Anders. Really really appreciate his time, and of course. Uh, as a former military man, I guess that that's uh, that could be expected. If you haven't listened to it yet, uh, strongly recommend it. It's probably one of our, it's one of my favourite episodes we've had so far this season. Probably in terms of guests, um, I mean every guest been amazing, but it was very insightful. And considering their amazing run, it was it was really worth it. I mean, before we move on, we are going to start with Norway, by the way. But uh, so we will talk about Mialbi later. But before we move on, I just wanted to give, uh, I can't let this bit go without saying a massive thank you to Conrad Gronland, who um, helped set up the interview. Um, really appreciated it because, like I say, you know, it was um, set up really swiftly and uh, I hope the listeners enjoyed it. But yeah, thank you to Conrad. So I really appreciate that. If you haven't, you can follow him at Carl Conradaxel on Twitter. Um, but yeah, let's get into this week's show in terms of the, in terms of the, the league. We're going to review them. We're going to review the results quite briefly, not going to be as in detail this time. And then we're going to look at the midweek round. And hopefully that'll give you enough to uh, get your teeth into ahead of this sort of next coming few days with some really, really big, potentially season-defining games coming up. Um, so, yeah, before I do that, obviously, if you haven't listened to it yet, uh, go on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcast, 
It's the most recent episode called Meowby's Military Mastermind. So um, you can listen to that. And of course, the last episode was uh, Roma wasn't built in a day. Now, Steve, as we start the Norway section, Roma wasn't built in a day. But uh, according to the Wikipedia entry that came up uh, after Thursday night's game, it was destroyed in 90 minutes by Buda Glimt. Uh, an incredible result. I mean, tell us about this, Steve. I mean, I, I'm I'm still not sure if I'm quite over over it to be honest. Um, AS Roma absolutely battered, and 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 the funny thing about this, I remember before before last week's show, you were like, well, we could talk about it, but you know, it'd probably be you know simple, straightforward with, for Roma, kind of, you know, you you, did, you downplayed it. Let's be honest, you know, you didn't you didn't. You weren't you weren't quite sure about the, the occasion in terms of the magnitude, but six one to Budiglim against AS Roma. Tell us about it. Do you know what I think? I've in my in my the older I've got, the the less sort of belief I have in sort of not fairy tales, but um, unusual events occurring. I, I feel like I'm, I go very much to the logical side of my brain, Jonathan, these days a lot more. And the logical side was that Roma would obviously outclass them, but you know, I don't think the starting eleven that Jose Mourinho fielded was uh, good enough. It didn't probably give enough respect to Buda Glimt either, and they, they took advantage of it. Six goals to one was 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 sensational. They came out like a, a train. They got into that two 0 lead uh, with Botheim's early goal and Berg with a fantastic uh, strike to make it two 0 and deserved as well. They were all over them at that time, and um, yeah, I don't, Roma couldn't handle the physicality. They couldn't handle the pace of the game. But then they got one back to 2-1. And then I'm thinking, you know what? It's going to be a real dig for the rest of the game. They're going to be sort of holding on to this advantage. And I think that that's where Mourinho went wrong as well. He presumed, presumed in his head, it's going to be all us. You know, it's going to be back to the wall for Buda Glimt. They're not going to be looking to extend the lead or anything. And I think that's where kind of Mourinho got fooled of it. And, you know, Buda Glimt are always looking to score goals. And... Um, you know, the other thing about Buda Glimp, we know, they like to rack up the score as well when they're ahead. They don't just like to hold on. And they got so much into their groove that, you know, it went to 3-1 and 4-1, 5 and then 6. You know, they were creating chances at will. Solbach and got a couple of goals. Pellegrino finished one late. And, you know, I think they were they were hungry for a 7th and an 8th as well. It was it was stunning stuff. Roma would just hit like a train. Mourinho, they were completely outplayed afterwards. And, um, you know... It was so sensational. We had to do like an impromptu twi uh, Twitter space thing, didn't we? We had Tom um, Dent on for an immediate aftermath of the game. It was such a stunning result. We, we kind of forced to do something unusual like that. But uh, it was a memorable night for um, you know Norwegian football and especially the Budaglim fans. Yeah, and this wasn't just a kind of unexpected victory, to be honest. I mean, I, I, you know... I have to say, I think I said it on Twitter, it's, it's arguably the best performance I've seen from a Scandinavian team, maybe maybe in my life, uh, since I've been following this region, um, maybe ever, uh, in terms of result. You know, Glimp, Glimp have never been to this sort of hype before, I don't think, as a club. Um, the reaction from the fans was unbelievable. You know, the way they reacted, they were absolutely loving it. Um, first time in Jose Mourinho's career that he's conceded six goals in a game uh, in a 1,000 and eight games in his career. So, I mean, we're talking record-breaking here. Uh, he came out after the game in his customary style and, and sort of slammed all the players. And, and I think he relegated half the players who started. I uh, didn't even play them in the next game in, on the, uh, in Syria. Dropped them from the score completely. 
But, um, I mean, this was... You know what the thing that shocked me, Steve? I mean, we won't dwell on it too long, but the quality of the football was, to me, just extraordinary. Um, I know you said that Clifton made changes and, you know, before the game, you kind of mentioned that they're maybe not as scintillating as they have been last season. But the, the level of goals, I mean, the first goal, for example, the, the, the football was in the one two touch passing. And then when it was sort of the last three goals in the last 20 minutes, I mean, Solbach and got two. Um, I was just, la- I was almost laughing at the end by, by the, by the sort of, you know, there was two goals in two minutes at one point, Pellegrino and Solbach. And then I was literally just sitting there laughing, to be honest. I mean, what was your feelings about this? You know, how, how big was this? Yeah, it was, as, as the match escalated, I'm like, wow, this is, we're witnessing a big thing here. Uh, everyone's going to be talking about it. You know, I got questioned the next few days from people like, what happened there, Buda Glimp? Because, you know, I'm sort of into Norwegian football and stuff. You know, people who are not normally interested in a team like them are like, wow, you know, Jose Marino has been, been dicked 6-1 by a team in Norway. So you soon realise it's a big occasion. You know, it might looking back, it might be one of the nights that maybe the manager looks back on or guys like Patrick Berg and Bjorkan and even Bottheim and think, you know, maybe that was the night that, that got me in that shop window to get a potential really big move or the start sort of grew the seed in, in, in the mind of people. You know, he looks a good player. He looks a great manager. So, you know what? I think teams have got wise to playing Buda Glimt in, in, in the Elite Serien a bit more than they were. Um, you know, we'll talk about this in a minute, with the match against Mulder coming up. But, you know, they, they know, kind of know what Buda Glimt are about now. But Roma, I don't think they've done their homework properly or they kind of, maybe you kind of have to face it before you realise what you can do against it. And I'm not saying they were naive or anything, but, um, you know, that was Buda Glimt of last season. And maybe it was because they were against opponents that were a little bit sort of not, they were not wary about how to approach them, maybe underestimated them a bit. And um, I feel there was quite a few factors at work, really. But it was great to see that that sort of glimpse of last season. Um, and, you know, and they follow it up with just a one-all draw away, God said, at the weekend, which I kind of thought might happen. But for one night, it was fantastic. And I wonder what the reaction of Roma will be in the next match. I really don't know. Yeah, I mean, watching the goals back, you know, Mourinho was absolutely shell-shocked uh, on the touchline. He looked very cold as well uh, there in the Arctic Circle. Um, I mean, it puts them top of the group in the Conference League, which, you know, gives Glimp now a chance. I mean, do, you know, that that was good enough as it is. You, you know, you mentioned putting people in the shop window. I mean, for me, Patrick Berg, he's, he's guaranteed to get a move, isn't he? I mean, he's destined for a big club. Um, it surely he was, I thought he was outstanding. Um but so many players played well, really. But Botheim was was incredible as well. Um, yeah, I was really, really impressed with what I saw. To be honest, it was. I don't think it. I mean, it was no fluke. And uh, yeah, congratulations to everybody at Buda Glimp. To be to be honest, um, do you think they can? You know, just before we move on to sort of um, the upcoming games, do you think they can maybe even get a result in the in the Stadio Olimpico? You know, do you think they can maybe look to qualify from this group now, or is it is it um, was it a one off? Well, at the minute they can they can look to maybe even winning the group, Jonathan, can't they? Um, if they if they actually beat, um, you know, if they were to get a draw again at the Olympico or beat Roma, then they're looking at winning the group, which I think gets you a buy in the next round um, in the knockouts. Um, look, Mourinho is a hardened manager; he will want a, 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 a bit of revenge, I think. Um, but you know, after after that performance, the problem for Budi Glimpse is you know they've got some. Yeah, the squad is quite small. 
you know, they've got the few injuries racking up now. You know, they, the last match, I think, is in the Ukraine away. They've got a home match against Siska, Sofia. That's the one they think if they win that, they should qualify. But, yeah, the world's their oyster now almost after beating Roma 6-1, you know. That's a, a massive result, not just, you know, in terms of beating Roma, but, you know, in terms of qualifying from the group, which I think we all thought they'd have a good chance of it. But it looks really likely now that they are going to make the knockout round after Christmas, which is, um, that's, that would be great news, uh, you know, from uh, from certainly a Nordic football podcast point of view. Yeah, really fantastic, um, fantastic stuff. Uh, I still, yeah, still can't really believe it. There, there was a few interesting sort of quotes after it. Um, you know, one reporter asked uh, the Buda Glimp coach, Katie Knutson, if Jose Mourinho is a special one, then what are you? And he said, uh, the normal one has already been taken, so I'll have to be the pretty one. Uh, that was quite a funny answer, I thought. Uh, a few other sort of funny bits and pieces out of it, you know what I mean? Mourinho was obviously fuming, but uh, Knutson was full of pr- pr- praise for him. You know, kind of, obviously, it's quite a deferential character, he seems, isn't he, Knutson, uh, from, from talking to people. You know, he uh, he talked about the synthetic pitch, kind of said that good players and good teams can play on all surfaces. Um, and, you know, just generally was quite pr- praiseworthy of Roma as a club, uh, you know, kind of played it down and was quite humble. So, yeah, I mean, the, the, the one other thing just want to finalise it with is um, <clears throat> really, I found this quite a good, good comment that was posted on... Um, Glimpse Twitter account. It was from someone called Yanita Lysjo, I think, pronouncing that correctly. Uh, and she put, imagine being almost six years old and yesterday's match is your first ever game at Aspimira. You see the hero Patrick Berg score, Glimp beat Roma and Reno 6-1. That's what my son experienced. I don't think there was much sleep on him last night and uh, just thought that was a lovely touch in terms of, you know, the, the fans, the experience for the fans. You know, what an incredible result. And uh, as I say, the football you know, I've watched Barcelona this season. I've watched Manchester United the same in the same week, and neither of them was anywhere near the level of Glimp, you know, in my in my opinion, in terms of the style of football. So, massive congratulations to to Budi Glimp. But uh, as you just mentioned, didn't go all their way this weekend, did it? No, it didn't. And um, you know, the results from the previous round, Molder already put the pressure on them by beating um, Starbeck three 0 away from home. Um, but they they could only go to Godset and draw draw one all. Took an early lead through Ola Solbakken. Um, pro- had chances for two, and they probably should have take take them. Uh, had a bad injury, well, an injury to Patrick Berg, which means he's probably going to. We don't know how long he's out for. Um, it could be weeks. He could even there's a chance he could even play against Molder midweek. We don't know yet, but you know, obviously not good news. And then um, Kresnik Kresniki, who has the number ninety two shirt for Strom's Godset. Which is a weird number, I and mean, there's got to be something there. 92. Why would he have the number 92 shirt? Equalizer was a deflected shot in the 75th minute. They tried to win the game, but I don't think they pushed the boat out completely. It was like we'll take a point here in the end, and you know we'll have a one-point lead going into this um, round number 24 against Molder. Yeah, worrying uh, if Patrick Bergen. That's a, that's that's a big potential blow. In the other game. Um, Molder got a fairly comfortable win in their way at Starbuck 3 0. Uh, Wanfo got two goals in that one, but uh, he did miss a penalty, didn't he? And, and also, you know, these two playing each other in midweek now. Let's look ahead to this midweek mm. round. Uh, what I'm going to do, I think the best way of doing this before we do focus on that game, because that's going to be our main focus really of this podcast. Let me just read out the, the scores from this weekend. So we have Viking 5, Lillestrom 1, 
Starbuck, Neil Moller, three. Christensen, my boys, losing 3-1 at home to Salzburg. Bit of a shock result there. Uh, Rosenborg, four. Sanderfield, one. Strom's got to say one glint one, which you just talked about. Trom's a one, Mion Dallin. We talked about them on the last show, Mion Dallin, in some detail. If you've not listened to that, maybe go back uh, on the Roma episode. Uh, losing 1-0 to Tromso. Uh, Wallerenga 2, Haugerson 1. Haugerson uh, getting a defeat after that seven-goal thrashing uh, the previous week. And in the final game, odd 3, brand 3, which I think you predicted goals in that game. So well done to you on that one. Um, you know, was there Before we get into the Mulder game, was there any game, games that caught your eye on that? Probably, obviously, the three-all draw odd against Brand that could have ended five-all. You know, there were chances at both ends. Neither Brand I mean, have this knack of just playing quite well recently, but just they're not getting the wins. The, the drawing matches, but they're not winning them, and it's because they're conceding too many goals. They, they, they've had two, I think, two clean sheets all season, which is not enough. And you know, Christiansen losing at home to Holger, that was a shock. Like Christiansen had won nine out of eleven home games heading into that game and Sarpsborg had lost their last seven. I talked in the last episode about how I was worried about them naming, um, you know, Lars Bahina is going to leave the club at the end of the season. I'm like, I'm not sure how that's going to work. But it seems the, the players love that idea. Or, you know, maybe they're, they're, they're kind of playing for him. Um, now that they know that, you know, he's... Players, I suppose, like to know what's going on. Uwe Ros has been linked with the Sarpsborg job, by the way, for next season. Um, but um, they played well, Sarpsborg. They deserve the win. I've got to be honest, and it was a shock result because you know, Christensen great at home. There's something like Christensen, they don't like being a, a favourite. They like being that underdog. They would rather sort of play Rosenborg at home than, than the match to be odds on favouring. Yeah, fascinating stuff. And that, you know, <clears throat> Christensen, that, that result, they actually lost eight games this season, but that drops them down to uh, fifth. Uh, and the main benefactor of that is Rosenborg, now into the top three in the, in the podium. You know, level on points with Viking as well, who are Viking are kind of doing really well, aren't they? They're flying at the moment uh, in terms of upward trajectory, potentially now, you know, finishing in top four. So, yeah, good good results for them. Down at the bottom, of course, uh, Starbeck and Milan are still bottom uh, two. And then you've got Bran in the relegation playoff at the moment on 20 points and five points behind Tromso with uh, seven games to go. Now, let's turn our attention, Steve, to uh, Mulder because... This is a big game, really, isn't it? This is potential title decide. There's one point between the two sides at this moment in time. Uh, looks like one or two, one of the two of them will win the title. You know, Rosenborg are quite a way a bit back, still seven points off the top, Rosenborg. So let's turn our focus to this game. And, and uh, you know, we talked a little bit about Glimt. Um, it's Mulder who are the, home, uh, are the hosts. So tell us about them and uh, tell us your assessment of this preview. Mm, yeah. Well, Fortress uh, Acre Stadium, um, they have an amazing record here, Jonathan. They've won tw- 34 of their last 41 league matches at home, which is absolutely sensational. Um, won nine out of 11 at home this year. Volarenga were the only side to beat them. Um, they do not drop many points at this, this stadium. They have got some injury problems themselves, though, in, into this game. Martin Ellingson is ruled out of the rest of the season with a knee injury. He missed the first half of the year. Um, he came back recently, played, he started the last six games. No coincidence that they're unbeaten in the last six. Ellington's a really big linchpin. So to lose him for the rest of the season, I think it's a blow. But Eric Ullen Anderson is out as well. He's had a great year, actually, Anderson. Um, so it's a shame that he's out. Um, Burke Reese is suspended. Don't think he'd have started anyway. But uh, the left back there, Christopher Horgan, probably would, would start there anyway. But still, you, you'd like Reese around on the bench. 
they've got a doubt at right back with Martin Linus. So they've got some injury problems themselves. I mentioned Patrick Berg for Buda Glimp. He's a doubtful, but um, apart from Ulrich Saltness is out the rest of the season, that they shouldn't have any concerns. Look, in the, in the previous match this season, Mulder beat Buda Glimp. It's the only defeat Buda Glimp have had at home. And Erling Moo moved to a defensive system, a counter-attacking system. And it's the first time he's really ever done that in the league against anyone. I mentioned this before. The only time I've ever seen him do it is in Europe against some bigger reputation teams, better sides. But he did it in Glimt and he got the result 2-0. And my, I'm just wondering, my question almost to myself is, will he try the, the same tactic again at home against Buda Glimt? Um, he's won his last two matches at home against Buda Glimt and he's done it by outscoring them. Four goals to two, I think, was the match last year and the previous season was... Uh, quite high scoring as well so a lot depends how Moo sets up his team because we know how Buda Gunther are going to play but the Mulder approach is less certain and that will determine how or the, whether the game's really wide open full of goals or quite cagey and tight yeah fascinating stuff and um talk to us about like the key tactical battles here where, where will this game be won and lost in your opinion is it you know because from watching Glimt, I mean, they're they're a front foot team. They're not going to sit back, are they? So, is it sort of te- Mulder might they look to hit them on the counter attack? Will they look to stamp their mark on this game? Um, how do you see the flow of the game potentially going? If Erling Moo plays his cards right, there's a chance he can out tactic Jetil Knutson because I praised Knutson in the last podcast episode, didn't I? How we've seen this team evolve from you know finding ways to to beat teams, you know, with more possession. Um, you know, as a favourite, he's adapted his, his attacking approach quite a lot in the last two or three years. I've never seen Jetilkan Hudson like part the bus or go into their shell and have this sort of more defensive approach very often, apart from maybe the, the, the season they came up and get promoted. That was a while ago now. Is I just worry that they're going to be too open here for Molder. Molder can they've got the offensive, the one side in Norway who can hit Buda Glimp hard offensively. They've got Uwe, they've got um, Magnus wolf Eichram, Bryn Hildston, Knudsen. You know, they've got guys who can hurt Buda Glimp. I don't think many other, there's any other sides really in the league who can hurt them that much. But Mulder definitely can. And I just worry Buda Glimp are going to be a bit too open. They can get caught out. They usually concede goals against Mulder. Um, uh, but Mulder, on the other hand, they if they shut the game down, they've got the defenders like Martin Bjorn back. It, you know, it helped him in the previous fixture that they had um, Stian Gregerson, but he's moved to Bordeaux, of course. But they've got, you know, if Linnes plays, that's a strong right back. Christopher Horgan can really dig in as well, left back if he needs to. Sheriff Sinian's a big unit. Mulder, if they adapt their game plan, they're capable of probably shutting out Budaglint or restricting them. I'm not sure whether Budaglint have got the defence in them to restrict Mulder. That's my concern. I think it's got to be a shootout from Budaglint to win the game. Not, don't, they're not going to come in and be able to nick a 1-0. It's just it's not their style. So, Mulder, it's all the cards is on Mulder, how they want to approach the game. They, they can win the game in two different ways, though. They can win 4-3 or they can nick a 1-0. I think Buda Glimp can only win a shootout in like 3-2 or something. Yeah, this this game, there's certainly, you know, this, this is definitely going to be a game. Um, I mean, it's a major event, isn't it? This is a major mm. event in, in Norwegian football. I mean, I'm looking at Molder's Twitter account, and they are seriously bigging this game up. They are really promoting it. They've had the captain, Magnus Wolf. They've had the key players putting out Twitter videos saying, get your tickets. 
the managers put out a Twitter video saying, get your tickets. Like, they're seriously drumming this game up. You know, they're, they're saying this is a big spectacle. You need to be there. Um, they, they've announced they're going to put a tent up on the before the match, just next to the stadium. They'll be selling drinks, pizza, um, live music from Frank and Toller. You know, so anyone over 18, if you if you are going to the game, you know, you can get yourself there as well. Uh, if you've got a match ticket or a season ticket, you can go and sort of get yourself some pizza and some beer before before the game. So, um, you know, they're really ramping up the coverage for this match. They've called it the biggest game, best two teams in Norway. You must be there, they've said. Um, what is your prediction for this game, Steve? And not just your match prediction, but you know, how do you think the flow of the game will go? Who will be the key players that will decide this match? Because... Um, we haven't really talked about Owe yet, but I, you know, I know you, I know you had a few words on him and how he did in the last round. Um, but just from that point of view, with Patrick Bird maybe missing as well, who who are the players that are going to decide this on each on each team? My prediction is going to be Mulder two, Budaglim one, but I think it's going to be a, a, a cagey affair. I think Erling Moo is going to operate defensively again. He's going to say, you know what, we'll sit back sometimes here. We'll let you have the ball, but. You're not going to be able to break us down, and we're going to get you on the counter attack. The key players for me are Ui and Magnus Wolvikram. If they have good games for Molder, um, they're probably going to be in business. And pro- I would also say Christopher Haugen, the left back for Molder. If he has a really good game, both defensively and offensively, that could be the key. Um, in terms of Buda Glimt, they are really short handed in midfield because uh, Ulrich Saltness is out for the rest of the season, the captain. This is just the sort of match he would do well in. Patrick Berg is highly likely to be injured for this game. And even if he plays, I don't think he'll be at full full capacity. Um, so where, that's where Mulder can get him, get him in midfield. Um, you know, we're going to have guys like uh, Elias Hagen playing. He's not bad. He, he's had some good games at times, actually. But this is a big fixture for him to come in at. Budiglimt are really going to need that back four to play well. Um, Mo. Loder and Björk and Samstead, they need the good game. Um, but yeah, I would say in attack, obviously, I think the most important attacker for Buda Glimt is Solback, and I think he's the one who can make things happen in terms of, you know, creativity. Botheim has got to be clinical, but, you know, Botheim's not like a Junker or someone that creates chances for other people. I think he's got to be in, in the right areas, but I think Solback and Pellegrino as well. I suppose he's got the a bit of flair and class, but it might not be his sort of game um, here at Mulder. Um, it's uh, I think if Uwe and Magnus Wolf Eichram show their true class, then that will probably be the difference for the home team. Well, fantastic stuff. I think that kind of uh, pretty much wraps it up for for Norway. You've got your prediction in there. I'm not sure if there's any other business that you want to talk about before you sort of go and move to part two. Well, I suppose I've got to mention a couple of other games. Um, that um, There's a really interesting one, actually, on Thursday, Brown against uh, Viking, where that affects both ends of the table. By the way, if, if this top-of-the-table clash does end a draw, I don't think we can rule out Rosenborg and Viking completely because I think there were... A lot of people saying this is a definitive uh, title-deciding match. There's still, there's still going to be six games left after this, Jonathan. So it's it's not quite like, you know, one to three or four games left. There's still time. You know, if Rosenborg and Viking can can go... I mean, Rosenborg have still got to play Mulder and Budaglin, for example. So if you say Rosenborg won their last seven games, they're going to get 62 points. Would that be enough to win the league? Probably not. But if this match uh, tomorrow does end a draw, it does keep them slightly interested. And Viking are like a train right now. Like they are really 
scoring goals. There's no no pressure on their shoulders. But Brandviking's big, obviously, both ends of the table. A local West, sort of Western derby of, of Norway. That's a really intriguing game. It's on Thursday at 5 p.m. kickoff UK time. Um, I think there'll be goals in that. I think, you know, there's pressure on Brand. Um, that that's definitely the other match for me that stands out in this um, in this match day. Um, that's w- well worth watching. Great stuff, and I think that probably does that wrap it up. Yeah, that that wrap it up for part for part number one. Obviously, a big game there. Part number two, we're going to be talking of uh, Sweden. We've got a big game there between uh, Malmo and uh, Icor. So um, yeah, do join us after the uh, the break and um, for more action from the Nordic uh, Football Podcast. And just before, we, just before we go to the break, uh, Steve, for anyone who wants to watch that game, uh, what time is it? What's the details you know on that? Uh, Mulder, Mulder Glimt? Mulder against Buda Glimt is at 7pm UK time. Um, you'll be able to watch it. Um, Footmob have got it now. Um, sorry, not Footmob. One Football um, have got it on the, on the mobile app. If you want to watch that, um, download the One Football app. I think it's pretty much most countries in the world, apart from Scandinavia, you can watch that game. Um, so yeah, that's it's, it's a tasty affair, well worth um keeping your eye on that match at uh, 7 pm UK time or wherever you are in around the world, yeah. Keep an eye out for that because uh, it's an exciting announcement from one football. They're showing Elite Serie, I'm not sure. I tried to w- watch one of the Danish games at the weekend, but apparently, the right they don't have the rights yet, so do double check that. But uh, yeah, that's an exciting development which maybe we'll talk about in weeks to come as well in a bit more detail, but yes, uh. Great stuff. So coming up in part two, we'll move to Sweden. There's a there's another huge game to preview in this one. And we'll recap some of their scores as well and, and uh, any other business as well. So see you in part two after this short break. Welcome back to the Nordic Football Podcast. This is part two of uh, episode number 26 this season, Jonathan. We've, uh, I tell you, what, I think we're on for a record this year of episodes that we've produced. So uh, kudos to, to you there as well, and, and myself, I suppose, for and all our guests as well that we've had on, on the show. So, um, how's Fenskin then? That's also the midweek round coming up. It's getting really tight in the uh, table of Al uh, Svenskin. There's two teams on 47 points. That's your garden. And Aikor, Malmo and Elfsborg are on 45 points each. Hammerby on 40. Probably just out of range for them now, really, even if they did win out. But, um, you know, we, we, this title battle gets, gets really close. We're, we're going to be previewing one match in particular, <clears throat> which is Malmo Aikor uh, to come. But from the previous uh, match, Jay Jonathan, what, what stands out for you? Yeah, it's been, well, it's, it's really heating up now, this title race. To be honest, there's um, been a lot of dramatic games. You know, Jurgen beating Kalmar in that game, that was quite a dramatic finish. Um, you know, they were com- they looked comfortable at one point, Jurgen, and then nearly threw it away. Um, you know, there's all kinds of there's all kinds of things going on in, in this league at the moment. Uh, you've got Jurgen top, but they're not looking that convincing, I'll be honest. Obviously, they're level on points with AIK, both on 47 points. Jurgen top on goal difference. You've got Malmo two points below them, third place. Uh, then Elfsborg level on points with Malmo, but worst goal difference, 45 points. So you've got four teams now with six games to go within two points of each other. So this is this is a four-way title race now. There's no there's no doubt about it. Elfsborg got a really good result at the weekend. 
And I think we have to include them in the title race now. Hammerby, seven points off the top, probably not involved. But, um, you know, they're, they're starting to pick up a little bit of form, uh, which is interesting. But, yeah, <clears throat> we, I think we can certainly conclude this is a, this is a four-way title race, Steve. Yes, it certainly is. And, um, you know, that's just, I'm just going to recap a few uh, results here that we had uh, over the weekend. As we go through the whole round, Orebro 1, Dagger 4, 2, Aikor uh, 1, Norshipping 0, Elsborg 3, Sirius 0, Hammerby 4, Ostrichens 3, absolute thriller there. Mialby 1, uh, IFK Gothenburg 3, Varberg 1, Malmo 1. A bit of a surprise result there. Jorgarten beat Kalmar 3 2. They were 3 0 up in that game. And we're given an absolute fright. And Hacken, it's been that sort of year for them, for them, hasn't it? Hacken two, Halmstad three. They blew another lead. It's been that sort of year for, for them. Um, you know, we, we talk about um Elsborg as this sort of outsider in the race. I watched this game actually against Sirius, and I must say, first half, they just looked on it. They look like the side, they don't look like they're under pressure, they don't look like there's you know expectation on their shoulder. They're enjoying their football like no one expects them to win the league. I guess at some point, maybe the noose and the pressure might go around their neck a bit. But right now, it's just like I mentioned, they've got the, the favourable fixtures to cut, or reasonably decent fixtures. You know, are they a serious runner in this? Elfborg? Yeah. 100%. They're definitely in it. Um, you know, I kind of was a bit hesitant, um, you know, in the, in the previous weeks. You know, just not quite sure. They had a really bad run of games. You know, when I thought that, just when I thought they were going to be in it, that they really picked up a bad, bad run of form, uh, and they went kind of uh, what was it? I think they went, they lost three in a row. Uh, you know, the massive, famously lost to Ostersons. You know, away to Ostersons in September. Um, then they lost the game against Malmo. I saw that at home, and uh, it could have gone either way that game, and they lost it. And I just thought, you know, this is it for them. Then they got absolutely destroyed by Mialbi, which was an incredible game, really, four 0 um, and you just thought this is it's all over for them. I mean, imagine if imagine if they got to even. I mean, imagine if they just got three points in that. They'd, they'd yeah. be top of the league. Top of the league. You know, from those three games. I mean, it's, could have got three draws, or you know, even just beating Ostersons, they'd be top. So you can, you can, you know, it just sums up this title race in the sense that no, no one's grabbing a bull by the horns, really. Um, but just when you thought they're out of it, they've beaten EF Core. They've gone to Yorgard and won three nil. Incredible result there, uh, where they look very strong. Uh, Seaman Olsen and Rasmus Alm getting two goals. And then they followed it up with a comfortable 3-0 win against Sirius. I mean, it was all wrapped up by half-time. Uh, Gudjonsson got two goals and Johan Larsson scored. So um, three back-to-back clean sheets, you know, seven goals scored in two in three games and none conceded. They're definitely in, in the race now. You look at the games to come and it's not the hardest of, of run-ins. Um, you know, there's harder run-ins, I think, but they've still got a couple of tough games. They've got to go to the North Shopping. Uh, the next game's Degafors in this midweek round. And then, you know, Varberg, Halmstad, they'll fancy themselves against them. Orebro in the last day probably be down by that point. Uh, the big one, though, will be 29th of November against AIK, potentially. Could even be a title decided by that point. So I think the one thing I've learned about this Ellsborg team in this past two years, you can't write them off. You know, they, they are defying the logic. Um, there was a little bit of, obviously, a disappointment for them, a, a red card for uh, Maudu Jarjaway. So... You know, he'll be out for a couple of games, um, but all in all, they are looking quite strong in Augsburg. Yeah, Malmo drop points. They, they seem to drop points when we least expect them to. Um, against Warburg of all teams away. Warburg haven't won a game for quite a long time. 
Um, but I, I mean, I, look, I looked at the stats of that game and it, it seemed that it was quite an even one again. Have Malmo been affected sort of by Champions League uh, hangover there? Um, that, that's what's what come to my mind uh, in that game. Jorgarten were given a scare against Kalmar 3 0 up and it, it went back to 3 2, but they did win. Um, you know, that's a that's a big disappointment for Malmo. Just when you think Malmo are going to take the ball by the horns and dominate this league, they drop random points, don't they? It kind of just sums up this title battle that um, really nothing can be ruled out. Yes, it is. There's an interesting backstory in Malmo. I mean, I, you know, I caught I caught um, a fair bit of this Malmo Viber game. Um, you, you're definitely right. I think there is a sense that they're they're feeling a bit of. A, I think they're feeling the pinch a bit from Champions League. I think they are having a bit of a hangover. Varberg went with five at the back, really kind of not part of the bus, but they were very kind of, you know, defence first um, and looked to counter-attack with the pace of Tashrik Matthews, uh, who's looked quite good, by the way. Still still lacks a bit of an end product. Um, former Bayern Munich man, he's only 21, but um, he looked very, very good on the, on the break. Obviously, very quick player, decent dribbler. Uh, and obviously, Simovic, who scored a quality goal, by the way, kind of almost out of nothing. I mean, it was an incredible half volley. Um, but yeah... There's, there's two issues with Malmo, which I'll talk about. That I'm a bit that I worry. They do worry. I mean, I've tipped them for the title. If you listen to our interview with the Malby manager, he's tipped them for the title. I asked him who he thinks will win the league, and he said, he said Malmo. But there are two two elements that worry me slightly. Number one is that fatigue, that running. Um, you know, in terms of, you know, they've got to go to Chelsea now. Oh, sorry, they've got Chelsea again in the, in their next Champions League game. Uh, they got absolutely t- torn apart in that game, um, which I'll, I'll talk to you in a minute about Steve. But and then. You know, just that run of Champions League games. Maybe they'll even, if they do go out, maybe they'll start resting players from those games because that is, I think, disrupting them a little bit. And 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 Kolak and Bermasevich, I know, I know Bermasevich scored, but they're not looking quite as sharp as they did in the last, you know, since since I wrote that Scout blog on them, they're not quite looking as sharp, I'll have to say. And um, and the other thing that worries me is just defensively, I think I think they are, they are prone to a bit of pace on the counter, I have to say. I think they look a little bit, but I think I think there is a way to get at Mama, and I think Varberg actually identified it quite well. Um, there was a controversial moment in this game. I mean, I think it should be a case study for referees. Um, it was a really big decision. Matthews got fat. Well, I thought it was a foul. Uh, referee booked him for diving. It was one of those ones, Steve, where you know you get you sort of get played clean through. Uh, you 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 just beat the keeper to the ball, and then you touch it away from him, and uh, you go down. Um, for me, the keeper was late. And I, I thought it was a definite penalty when I first saw it. Um, I couldn't believe he booked him. I really couldn't believe it uh, for diving. Um, when you watch it back, it's really hard because when it's slowed down, you know, you can start to make a case for maybe he made the most of it. But, you know, in full flow, I thought that was a definite penalty. That could have really, could have ended things for Malmo. I mean, they, they, you know, it was early in the game, but, you know, it could have, um, it could have sort of summed up that day. Anyway, yeah, all in all, um, they've got a point, but they're just, they're just having a few too many of these sort of games, if you know what I mean, where, mm. you know, you're not quite sure, you're not quite on it. And, um, you know, time's starting to run out. You know, if you look at it, they've not they've only won one of their last three games in the league uh, and they've had pretty easy games. They've had Malmo, oh, sorry, they've had Malby uh, at home, lost that. They've had Ostersons away, which they won fairly comfortably and they've had Varberg away. So it's not even as if they're tough games, but of course the big game this midweek will be against AIK at home and that's maybe where they'll look to kind of... Uh, reassert themselves because that's going to be a huge game yeah just one other match i want to talk to you about from the previous round and um that was me i'll be one ifk gothenburg three 
that's like I said earlier in the show, the curse of the the NFP interview, isn't it? Um, we bigged up Mialbi's clean sheet run. Just needed one more to break some sort of record, didn't they? And uh, it, it fell flat on its face. I watched a bit of this game. And there was an amazing save early on, actually, for, to keep the Malby uh, clean sheet intact. Um, I don't know how it didn't end up in a goal. I'm thinking, you know what? It's written in the stars that they're going to get this run going. But they end up conceding three goals, a red card as well. A valiant effort by, by Mialwi. But, um, I mean, IFK played quite well in this game, didn't they? Yeah, they were. It was a it was a real shame. Obviously, you know, they came within what was it? I think fifteen minutes of the record in the end. Um, so close. They they needed to go oh. half one half of football. Not that is, oh man, that's so to, close to beat the record twenty twenty plus a year record um, of of goals not conceded. You know, they've got eight clean sheets in a row. Uh, if you've not listened to the show, of course, go back and listen to it because it was an incredible run and a really good chat with uh, Anders in terms of how he's changed the team and what he's done. But yeah, they just needed um, a little bit more time. I mean, when when it, when the game started, I, I thought they're going to concede because you know they had forty minutes or so left for the record, and it was like they were EFC were carving them open. To be honest, there was they had three really good openings where I thought they're going to score here. Uh, I think Kohart, Carl Johan Eriksson made two really good saves, and then one of them was kind of like a break where I think it was two on one, and they just played, uh, the, wrong, played the wrong final ball type mm. thing, and and then he started to think, well, maybe maybe it's going to happen. But uh, now the record went, and it was, a, I think, a poor way to to, to give it up, really. Um, header from a corner, Carl uh, Johansson with a brilliant header, um, you know, and Mialbi ended up just 16 minutes away from from the record. So it was a, a real shame from that point of view. Of course, we've bought into this Mialbi run, haven't we, over the last uh, you know seven or eight weeks, six or you know, six seven weeks. Then they had a red card. Um, yeah, my stream died at this point, so I didn't actually see the red card. But I know you said it was uh, kind of uh, the, the player was not very happy about it. Um, all in all, in the, you know, ended 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 a solid win for EF Core. I thought EF Core deserved it. To be honest, I thought they looked fairly decent. Um, and it now takes them obviously two points above the above the relegation playoff. They're still not out of it, EF Core, but uh, just starting to show a little few signs of, of of a fight. I think anyone from eighth to fourteenth could actually end up in that playoff spot. There's only five points separating those teams. Yeah, Osasuna and Arabra are pretty much gone, but that playoff spot is it could end up being anyone. I mean, to be fair, I think you would probably fancy anyone in who finishes in this playoff spot to actually survive. But you still don't want to be in that match, do you? But um, I think IFK have, have played well recently. They've had two good wins in a row. They now have a, a home a midweek game against Jorgarn at home. I mean, that's a really crunch game, isn't it? Um, at the same time, Malmo facing AIK and Elfsborg have a trip to Degafors. And Degafors are actually in good form as well. Although Elsborg might look at that and think, you know, we've got the softer fixture here. On to this big game, though. It's Malmo against IAK. Um, 45 points for Malmo. Um, and um, we've got uh, AAK on 47. Now, Malmo, we, we mentioned, uh, have had this problem in, in the Champions League recently affecting the games. Let's just have a, a brief update on what has been going on for them in, in, in the top tier of the European table, Jonathan. Because, I mean, results haven't been good, but uh, I mean, have performance has been okay. Uh, no, they haven't really. It's, it's been a bit of a controversy this week, to be honest. Uh, they got absolutely taken apart by uh, by Chelsea, uh, and they got a lot of this. They got a lot of criticism actually, Malmo. Um, now, of course, they, you know they'd like to think of themselves as the biggest club in Sweden. You could probably argue they are at this point, uh, definitely. Historically, you can debate that one all day, but um, you know they're certainly the big team at the moment, and um, they, they 
they got a lot of they got roundly criticised for the kind of just lack of any kind of effort really against Chelsea. It kind of um, there was a lot of reports just saying they kind of turned up and expected to lose, and you know were more interested in sightseeing in London maybe and, than really getting involved in the match. Um, and so they really there was a sense. I mean, I, I I felt like it was a little bit harsh because if if you really look at it, Chelsea are just so many levels above Malmo. Um, that's just the reality of it, really, isn't it? And I, I think you've got to kind of bear that in mind. But I guess, you know, I saw one comment from someone saying, you know, why didn't they, um, sort of, if you look at Ostersons, for example, when the, under Graham Potter, when they came to Arsenal and, and beat them. So people were saying, well, if, if Ostersons can do that, why can't Malmo go to teams and at least put up some sort of fight? Because, you know, the game was over really pretty early, um, even with Chelsea getting some injuries, Lukaku obviously going off injured and, and things like that. So Timo Werner got injured. Um, the controversy came though in uh, in uh, <laughs> quite an interesting comment from uh, so basically a, a journalist Patrick Ekvall wrote a blog basically saying you know pretty much what I just said you know that Malmo didn't really believe in in themselves they sort of gave up before the game had started and that kind of thing he wrote quite a critical piece but what you don't normally see Steve is uh, Malmo's sort of a uh, chief executive Nicholas Carnan. I think he's the chief executive. He's, a, he's, a, he's one of the directors anyway. He actually came out on Twitter and uh, replied to the to the comment and <laughs> said, I really comment on Jenna's opinion, Patrick, but this must be one of the dumbest things I've ever read. Um, now, <laughs> you know, you can imagine sort of, I'm trying to think of a, a director. I mean, you, know, you can imagine, I don't know, Roman Abramovich or, or sort of, um, <laughs> I'm trying to think, you know, Ed Woodward coming out on Twitter and commenting after Man United gets thrashed. Uh, that's pretty much the, the equivalent here. In, in that sense, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of other... other oh, the Leeds chairman, um, Rodrik Sarni, sometimes has been known to tweet um, some stuff in the heat of the moment and fans just usually tend to pipe down, um, keep yeah, his mouth shut. Exactly. So, um, you know, it didn't go down too well. I mean, Patrick Ekval obviously was loving it, you know, being a journalist. He, he uh, obviously has got a big story there. So he kind of goaded a comment out from the, from the manager and said, I'm not going to take it back. You know, that was my opinion. Um, he said, I've, I've been praising Malmo for ages and I, I've never heard you comment on anything before. So he kind of was basically making comments saying, you know, why are you talking now when normally I'm quite quite praiseworthy? So it did create a bit of a stir. But I think the general you know, feeling was that you know, Malmo are kind of just wobbling a little bit. I think that's I think that's the overriding feeling here. So that's the backdrop just going into this game. Now, yeah. when you look at it, this is a really big game because I think if... I think if Malmo win away to, I think if sorry if AIK win away to Malmo, and open up a five-point gap, I'm not saying the title race is over, but with five games to go, I think Malmo are going to just be in, in a bit of trouble. So I think Malmo do do kind of have to get something from this game. I'm not saying they have to win it, but you know they they can't lose in my opinion. Really, if you look at you know their last five games after that, they got serious away. EF Core away, as I've said, is going to be a massive one. Hakan at home, Kalmar away, Helmstad at home. So, you know, the, this is probably is the hardest game to, to come, but they, I still think they've got some tough games in that, in that run-in. And then they've still got Juventus, uh, Chelsea, and Zenit St. Petersburg to play as well. So you've got to factor that in. So it's a really, really big game for Mama. I think the, the problem here, the way I see it, if this was just two teams in the title decider, yeah, you could probably say, okay, we'll draw this game. It's it's not too bad. We'll be two points behind. The pressure's on them. We're the defending champions. You know, what have you got? A court. But 
you know, if you're Garten win, if Elfsborg win, there's other teams there to take advantage. So I don't know whether you need a different mentality. Um, at the moment, the title race is not in their own hands. If you're going to win their last six games, it's game over. Marmo can't can't win the title. Simple as that. So it's out of their hands in a way. Um, I mean, this is a let's just talk about the tactical battle perhaps in this game. Malmo, I call the way I see it. I mean, you know more about these teams than, than me. I get a gist that this will probably be quite a close, tight game. I call have got a really strong defence. They've got the best defensive record in the league. Uh, they don't score that many goals, but you know, I, I remember the year that they won the league. Um, you know, different manager and everything, but they always, when they have a good year, it's always it's so strong defensively. It seems they're going to come here, and I mean, they themselves probably a point wouldn't be a bad outcome for Icor, but do they themselves have to think about maybe winning it the way you know your are playing as well? Yeah, I mean, tactically, I suppose if we if we start with the team news, uh, a good bit of news for Malmo is that Oscar Levicki is potentially, I think he's in the squad. And he's missed quite a few games with injury, a uh, key midfielder for them, the 29-year-old. Um, and obviously, Yondal Thomas has come out and said it's great that he's back. You know, and he, you know, there was questions, will he be on the bench? And he said, we'll see. Could be a surprise in line. Um, he said, it's great that he's back. Uh, and obviously, he, he's quite an important important part of the team, to be honest. Um, they, they do have some injuries, though. Mamo, Jonas Knudsen, uh, Felix Begemo and Ola Toivonen obviously still out. And Malik Abubakari is suspended. So, you know, the, the, the team in that sense, uh, I think tactically, I think the thing that plays into Mamo's hands is that I, I'm not sure, I'm not quite convinced about ARK going forward and, and, and the pace that they have up front. I don't think they have a huge amount of, of that, um, you know, compared to other teams, for example. I, I really thought that, like I say, Varberg, the pacing behind of uh, Matthews, I think that really troubled that really troubled Mamo. And, uh, you know, they've got some ageing kind of, centre-backs, Moisander's obviously 36, I think it is. Um, you know, Brawson's, he's not that old, but he's kind of getting on a little bit. Uh, so, you know, Armahozic is, Armahozic made some quality interventions in that game, by the way, against Wildberg, uh, to keep them in the game, you know, 1v1, that kind of thing, defending. Um, you know, so, yeah, Brawson's, you know, he's, he's like 25, so he's not 26, he's not really that young, but... Um, you know, Moisander, as I say, is quite old, and I think he, he, there's a chance he'll probably start this game. Obviously, Martin Olsen as well, the left-back, is, is, is an experienced player. He's in his 30s. So they're not the youngest sort of spring chicken, I, I don't think, Malmo, in that sense. Um, but I think from ARK's point of view, yeah, that, that that's just my question, really. I mean, they've got, they've got a fantastic win against North Shopping in their last game. 1-0, I think North Shopping are a good side. Uh, Stefanelli got the goal. But who has got some pace. You know, El Bozzetti's got some pace, I guess. But I just wonder, you know, are they, they're not really a fast-breaking team, in, in my opinion. Um, I think we could see the fullbacks maybe playing a role in this game. You know, Lustig and maybe Otieno potentially. Uh, you know, I expect Malmo to play in that three-five-two shape, and um, you know, Bermansevic and Kolak probably up front. And, uh, and I think that you know, Aik maybe in a four-four-two, maybe a four-four-one-one type of thing. I think you may expect. Um, you know the fullbacks to kind of maybe try and challenge in behind and get some space in behind the uh, the wing backs of, of Malmo. So I think that's an area they, they could look at. I think it's an area they looked at against North Shopping um, to, to sort of get in behind them. Um, but yeah, all in all, I mean, if you look at ARK's recent games, they've, they've been very low scoring. You know, the last three games have all been one nils. Um, lost one nil, obviously against Hammerby. Uh, beat Eurogarden one nil, and then obviously beat North Shopping one nil. So, you know, they aren't conceding many, but the question is, can they rack up enough goals to sort of keep Malmo at bay? 
Um, I'm expecting a cagey game. I think I don't expect it to be like full of goals. I think it will be maybe at best two 0 or something like that to one of them. Uh, maybe two one. But I think I think the one thing that is going to be interest me in, in this game, Steve, is, is is will Kolak and Bermansevic step up because I I think they've been a little bit off off the pace in in recent weeks, and I, I'm expecting them to you know show their quality in a game like this. Yeah, I'm just looking back at the head to head, and IK um, <clears throat> do not have a good record at the stadium in terms of wins. They, 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 the last time they actually won a competitive match here was way back in 2002 Swedish Cup. And uh, according to the list I've been looking at, they don't actually have a, a league win at this stadium or wherever Malmo have played this century, which is incredible. Although one, one thing I will say is six of the last eight head-to-heads in the league have all ended draws. So this is a really strong history of a draw in this fixture. It feels like the sort of match is going to be decided by sort of one moment of brilliance or maybe a mistake. Um, it's going to be intriguing to me whether, the, I mean, Mount, AIK do not have a good away record this year. Uh, they're only ninth best uh, away. They've been brilliant at home, but away they've not been as good. Malmo have been have dropped points at home though this year as well. So it's an intriguing little battle. I would be really interested, say, with 10, 15 minutes to go, if either side goes for the win. You know, how much do you push for the win or do you take the draw? It's, it's going to be a case. This match starts, by the way, at 6pm UK time on Wednesday. So we've got this match on and the Buda Glimp game and mould it on at the same time tomorrow. On Wednesday. What a what a night for, for Scandinavian football. I'm just going to read you some of the comments, Steve, from AIK Camper before this match. Now, you know, I know you're a, I know you're a fan of Football Manager. Uh, I mean, are you a fan of the mind games when you're playing Football Manager? No, the press conferences are bloody awful. <laughs> Repetitive and boring. If you're into that sort of thing, it's great for a, for a bit. But then after 10 seasons or something, it gets very, very repetitive. Well, anyway, I mean, yeah, the the mind games have definitely been ramped up in the AIK camp. Let me just read you some of the comments from uh, some of the players. Uh, Alexander Milosevic has said, it would be a disaster if Malmo does not win the Osvenc game. Uh, he, said, he was asked why, and he said, if I really have to answer that, you're a bit stupid. <laughs> Look... <laughs> <laughs> Look how much money Malmo has, how much they spent on players yeah. and everything. If they do not win the Osvenc scan, it is clear they must be under huge pressure to do so. You, you think that's bad enough in terms of trying to ramp up the mind games. Then you've got, it's like a tag team event. Mikko Lustig comes in and says, it is clear the pressure is on Malmo. They are third now. If they do not beat us, it starts to get a bit smelly for them. You've done fantastically well. They've done fantastically well to get to the Champions League with all their money and all their players. So it's clear all the pressure is on them. And then you think to yourself, you know, the tag team, you know, I'm you know, trying to think of two tag, you know, the tag team champions here, Hacksaw Jim Duggan and, I don't know, Legion of Doom type thing. Seb, Seb Larson comes in with the, the triple threat and he says, all you've got to do is look at Malmo's squad. They're in the Champions League for a reason. They're the reigning champions. They have the by far the best squad for a reason. With all due respect to what they've been doing lately, it's going to be a tough match for us, but they have a huge amount of pressure. So... You know, the bottom line is here, Steve, they're really ramping up the pressure, aren't they? Okay, they're going into this as underdogs saying, well, we've got nothing to lose here. Um, and I wonder if that will play a part. I do think in Swedish football sometimes I quite like these sort of mind games. You do get you do get some uh, interesting sort of things like this. I mean, just just on a side note, uh, Henrik Riesdrum, the Kalmar manager, I think you know that they do, I mean, for any listeners who aren't aware, they do, they do, they do joint press conferences post-match in, in Sweden. So basically, you've got two managers that they'll sit next to each other and, and literally talk about the game together. Now, in the Jurgen, after the Jurgen and Kalmar game, Henrik Riesdrum 
interrupted the yoga manager Thomas Lagerloff and uh, started questioning him about his opinions on the game, saying, "Who are you talking about? Are you talking about Elsborg or are you talking about Kalmar?" Um, so, yeah, I mean that just gives you a bit of an uh, idea in terms of there is a bit of needle sometimes in these games. Uh, Reesdrum came out and just basically ridiculed his his uh, his colleague right sitting right next to him. So, you know, you, you can almost imagine in England, imagine sort of. I don't know, imagine Klopp and Solskjaer sitting next to each other after, and doing the press conference uh, after that game. Do you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, Reesdrum gave a little bit back to, to the Yogaard man, joint manager. Uh, so yeah, that, this is a theme that goes on a lot in, in Sweden, which I quite enjoy actually. And uh, AIK are definitely trying to put pressure on Malmo here before this uh, huge game. We do have to ask you for a, a correct score prediction, Jonathan. Uh, I know this is a tough one, but uh, I mean, I, um, Malmo are actually strong favourites with the bookmakers here. 1.70 shot. I mean, is that where your money would go? I mean, that looks a very short price to me in a potential title decider. Well, I keep, I mean, I think Malmo will win the league, so I keep expecting them to sort of just run away with it. But they, they're like an engine where they're just stuttering, but you're expecting they're like a sort of Ferrari engine where you just think you can come on, get into gear. Um, you know, they have won three of the last five games, don't get me wrong, but I, I still think that, you know, draws against the likes of Varberg, you know, it's not, not, not great. You know, when they beat Orobro 5-1, you thought, right, they're going to run away with this now and, and it'll be, they'll be fine. But they are stuttering a bit. So I'm going to give you a prediction. But it's not going to be one I don't think you're going to like. I'm going to go one or draw. Yeah, I, I, I just think it all depends how if the real Malmo shows up. But I've got a gut feeling that maybe AIK can, can get something here. It feels like it could be nil-nil maybe even as well. Um you know, the way these uh, teams go. With just one other match that we're really going to talk about before we finish the episode. We've got to talk about AFK Gothenburg, Jorgan, another really big game. Um, Jorgan are the favourites in this, this match, but that's a difficult place to go, isn't it? I mean, what's the relationship like between these teams? We know that, you know, they have strong rivalry with Malmo, um, AK, you know, Jorgan, is that sort of a big rivalry as well? Yeah, well, I mean, just going back to the the Malmo game, just quickly. Um, the the only reason, the only way I don't see it being one all is if if I think if Malmo show up, you know, if, if Kolak or Berman Sevich show up, you know, this is the sort of game where Malmo can prove themselves why they're the champions. And I just think this is the game for big players, isn't it? Really, this is one of those games, and maybe Pena might be an interesting player to look out for. By the way, uh, Sergio Pena, he's been he's been he started to get a bit more involved in the team, and he's looked quite interesting in some of the games. So he could maybe have an influence, but. Um, yeah, of course, Jürgen is a, is a massive game, of course. Two two big teams. Jürgen, you know, let's not forget they're top of the table on goal difference. So, you know, the advantage is kind of with them pretty much. Um, EFC need points because, you know, that that they're not they're not going to go down automatically, but they're still they're not out of the woods yet in terms of um in terms of relegation playoff and, you know, I watched Helsingborg guys this evening and that's looking like potentially Helsingborg or Trelleborg probably for that third place. Uh, Gibson's fellow doing really well at the moment. We'll talk about maybe the second division in, in, a, in a future pod. But um, no, I think that um, it will be a massive game. Uh, EFCO have already announced they've sold more than 11,000 tickets for this match. So, um, you know, from a fan's point of view, it's going to be a decent atmosphere. Um, you know, may end up around the 13,000, maybe Mark, maybe more. Uh, who knows? But yeah, I think it will be a good atmosphere. Your garden are a good side. Um, but again, they're, they've been stuttering a bit. It's this. This is what this is what makes predicting this title race really difficult. You know, you, they lost obviously at, at the derby at AIK, and then they lost at home to Elsborg. Just about managed to sort of scrape the win against Kalmar. Looked really good first half, 
raced into a 3-0 lead and then Kalmar came back. Uh, I mentioned Henrik Riesdrom there. He's just signed a new contract, by the way, so congratulations to him. He was, well, he didn't agree with at all with what Jürgen was saying about it. He thought they, they deserve more from the game, Kalmar. So um, it'll be an interesting one. He, of course, just started to show signs of maybe looking all right at the moment. So um, it's going to be a very tight game, I think, that one. They've got, obviously, they've won back-to-back games now, but they've had... They've had sort of maybe Oribro have been really poor this season and sort of brushed them aside. Miali was, I was a little bit surprised that they got a fairly comfortable win there. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough game to call that one. Jorgan have only kept one clean sheet in the last eight games, and that was against Ostersunds, which, I mean, does that really count? Uh, it does, but it doesn't, if you know what I mean. Defence is obviously letting them down a bit. I think the fans are a big part in this game. I mean, even in that match against Miali, they took a huge number of fans with them. Um, it's like they took over the ground, and um, you know this is going to be a difficult atmosphere for your guy. And let's see what they're what they're made of mentally. Great great opportunity for them though, with that um, you know AIK against Malmo match unfolding. You know, come the end of the of the round, we could Elfsborg could be leading the, the championship. Yeah, quite realistically, it could happen. So uh, let's see. Um, lots to look forward to this midweek round in in both Elite Serien and Elfsvenskan. It's going to be really tasty, Jonathan. I guess bring on the games. Yeah, Elsborg uh, travelled the next day to uh, to um, to Degerfors. That's a, that, that's a big game. Obviously, we can't can't ignore that in the context of the race. You, you probably expect Elsborg to win, um, but they've got to come up against Victor Edvardsson, who's absolutely flying at the moment. So uh, yeah, no, some some really big games. And obviously, just before we end the show, on a footnote, you know, if you look at the bottom of the table, Steve, if uh, I think if they, I think if I think I'm right in saying if Degerfors or Mialbi win the next game, then both Oribe and Essesons are down. So, um, pretty sure I'm right in saying that. Yeah, I mean, they're both, the, it doesn't look good. With Hamstad's win, um, it looks like they're, that they're in, in massive trouble. Um, you know, they're yeah, 10 they're points. Both, they're both gone. They're, they're both yeah. gone. I mean, they're not coming back from that. They're 10, they're not, they're 10 points off it no. with six games to go. They're, they're not coming back. But I think we, they could actually be relegated this round if uh, Miyabi win and... Uh, or a blow and Osterson's failed to win. So, right. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I that mean, would open up the gate. That would open it up to what? Four, uh, 11 points at the moment. 14. I think Osterson's can officially go down. I don't yeah. think Orobro can officially go until round number 26. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. But I mean, if Malby get a win yeah. and Orobro lose, they've got one point. <laughs> they're going to be hanging on by the skin of their teeth. So, yeah, yeah we could could officially get uh, lose Osterson's at the end of this this this, this next round. And they've got a tough game at home to Hacken. So uh, let's see how that goes. Yeah, and Hacken need the win just to give, make sure they don't get sucked into this battle for 14th, which, you know, if Hamstad keep winning, Malby keep winning, you know, it might be you need you, you need 34, 35 points to be absolutely sure of survival, um, a, a higher normal, than normal number to, to, to avoid that relegation playoff spot. So, yeah, lots to look forward to. Like I said, I think that's probably it for this episode, isn't it? Um do uh, do tune into the matches in midweek. You know, there's no. Uh, I think there's some other big leagues uh, across Europe having some certain matches, but mostly cup rounds, isn't it? So it's a good chance maybe to, to if you want to watch a bit of top flight action in the Scandinavian leagues at the business end of the season. Um, do tune in. Yeah, you can follow us on Twitter at Nordic Footpod. Um, follow me on Twitter at JF Football F U T B O L. Drop us a comment if you enjoyed the recent episodes, recent interviews. We had a lot of interviews. In this last sort of four or five weeks, Tom Dent, don't forget, 
If you've not listened to him on mental health and management, that was a really interesting one. We had football in DK, Henry. He obviously came on and spoke about uh, the Danish Super League, which has been interesting of late. Uh, and of course, Anders Torsenson. So uh, dig into the archives. Uh, and you can also catch us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Nordic Football Podcast if you'd like to sort of back the show um, you know, with a little bit of a bonus podcast here and there. So that, I think that'll be it really, won't it, Steve? That's, I'm done, really. Yeah, that's it for this episode. Um, thanks very much for listening. Do take care. Stay safe. We'll see you uh, again next time. But for now, it's goodbye from me. And from me as well, goodbye, everyone. Take care. Stay safe.